Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Daily Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and this show is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's games and headlines before diving into today's official betting slate and betting plays. Now, we got a lot to get through today. We got some President's Cup matches now to go through, some line movements in the NFL We certainly aren't going to be covering very much on the baseball side, and we'll get to that little bit of a rant in a a bit here, as you can tell by the title. But overall, super excited for today. Uh, Also some college football as well. So our episode today is brought to you by our sponsor, Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, and Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. Depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com to make an account, use code SHOOTERS to get started, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age, and it is available to persons in Ontario only. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, then please contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. So not our best day yesterday. Once again, we go one and two, and it all has to do with the fact that we just don't know baseball anymore. Now, the positive from yesterday was that Scotland money line play at plus 160. We cashed that one with relative ease because they dominated for the majority of the game. Now, the first goal didn't come until the 70th minute through James McGinn, but they had plenty of chances. This easily could have been 4-0, 5-0 result. And then Lyndon Dykes, he came on and scored two headers off of corners. And so Scotland cruises to the victory. But then you go to baseball and this is where we just we we've been off the entire season don't know when to bet first five when when to take a certain pitcher and we were wrong on both yesterday because if we took marlin's first five that would have cashed easily but they're up three to nothing through six innings gave up four runs in the seventh and eighth inning and suddenly we lose our play so we lose that one and then chicago white Sox money line lance lynn just overall Pitched a terrible game yesterday. There's no other way of saying it. Um, This is why we've been struggling on the baseball side of things, not knowing when to take the proper guy. And when you look at Lynn, he gives up nine hits and three earned runs in his start. And you get Tristan McKenzie on the other side pitching 13 Ks. So we're done with baseball for the season officially. Um, We've just made the decision that there's no point in putting plays out there. We've tried first five. We've tried the no run first innings, the money lines, the spreads, 
We just don't have an accurate read on teams right now. Even when playoffs rolls around, we'll tune in. We'll preview the games a bit, but we definitely won't be putting any wagers on it. Um, MLB took us from a positive month to a negative one pretty quickly over the last number of days. And so we would much rather be putting out a few plays that we maybe lean or that we like, but not official show plays for you that listen and bet on these games. So uh, we're out on baseball now. Uh, glad to say that we're finally out on baseball now and that we can look forward to some other games and headlines for today. Let's talk about some of those headlines from yesterday. It does look like Sarver is going to be selling the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. This is just the right decision overall for the league. I saw CJ McCollum put out a statement yesterday about it as well. People were not happy with the $10 million fine and year-long suspension. They felt like it should have been a lot worse. And I think he's just in a position now where he's making the right decision in order to do so. Um, he's going to get a lot of money out of it. Let's not act like this is some victim here. Uh, and so he's selling the team. A lot of people rumored to be interested in buying this team. And I think it's what's best for the NBA. Other NBA news, Lonzo Ball. It looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks because he's going through another knee procedure. And this is the last thing that the Chicago Bulls wanted to hear because they're already in a position where they're tail end of the playoff conversation, probably play in conversation this year. DeMar DeRozan was great last year, but can he pull it off once again, being an MVP candidate like he was throughout the season? They got Zach Levine. They've got Vucevic. Alex Caruso's there as well, but they don't have a lot of guards. So if Lonzo misses any significant time, that's going to be huge for this Bulls team. He was largely why they were as good as they were as well on the defensive side of things. So they really need him to get back and healthy really quickly. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander, it looks like he has an MCL spray in the Canadian. I don't see them rushing him back here, uh, especially with the injury to Chet Holmgren. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for them to go out uh, and rush this guy back. They're not trying to win games right now. They've even talked about trading him in the past, which baffles me that the the one loan asset at the time that you really wanted, you you decided that you wanted to trade. So Shea Gilgis is a guy to keep an eye on from an injury perspective. Uh, I do think that he'll be back and ready, though, for the season starting. Now, early NFL leans, once again, we're going to go through a couple line movements that we've seen overnight. I believe we've got a half dozen that have moved and what our thoughts are on those. So let's start with the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, it's not the spread that's changed. As we said, it opened at minus five and a half. It's now moved to minus four. But the over-under has moved a half point from 38 to or 38 and a half to 38. Now, I don't love the over in this game overall, but this does kind of ruin the underplay that I liked. If anything, I would have taken 38 and a half. But at 38, I, I do get a little bit concerned about a push because I think Vegas is thinking, this is a 21 to 17 game. So I think if you are going to bet the over under here that you have to go and bet 38 and a half just to ensure that there's no push there. But 38, that one concerns me. I think you have to buy the half point now. Buffalo and Miami, this one, it's been moving around quite a bit. Uh, it was at minus four and a half to start and then minus five and a half. Now it's all the way up to minus six. If this gets to six and a half, you got to bet Miami right away. Full touchdown at home, uh, or not quite a full touchdown, but touchdown before the extra point at home. And so I do think that uh, this is a good value given how Miami looked last week. Buffalo coming off the blowouts against the Rams and 
uh, blowing out the Titans. So I think that that's a good spot there for Miami to potentially upset them in the divisional game. Cincinnati, they were minus four and a half. That held for a day. Now it's all the way up to minus five and a half. I think we're going to see this get closer to a touchdown by the time kickoff begins. So if you like Cincinnati, you got to bet it right away. You don't want to see that line move anymore. Joe Burrow uh, hasn't looked great the first couple of weeks, but I think this is a great bounce back spot for him to have a big day and Jamar Chase to have the big day as well. Seattle and Atlanta had a big line movement overnight. This game is essentially a pick em now. It was minus two and a half for Seattle. Now we're looking at minus half a point. So bet on either team, whichever one you like more. I tend to lean Atlanta with how they've looked the first couple weeks. Seattle, yes, they do have the victory, but Denver really, it was just Denver's ineptitude really that I think won them that game. And you've got Denver and San Francisco. Uh, This line was minus one. Now it's all the way to minus two for San Fran. I think this line movement is because of how bad Denver has looked the first couple weeks. But Denver, they still do have a quality roster. Uh, I think they can get the run game going here as well. So I do think that Denver at plus two is pretty nice. But now if you like Denver straight up on the money line, then you get a bit of extra value there. Then you got Dallas and the Giants. It was minus two and a half. Now it's all the way to minus one and a half. Once again, this over-under is not very high, so this is essentially a pick game to me. It's whether you trust Daniel Jones to take him to 3-0 or whether you think Cooper Rush can get his second straight win. Either way, uh, this is not going to be the most exciting Monday night football game you've ever seen, but it is NFC East smash mouth football, as some might call it. So uh, definitely going to be intriguing to keep an eye on now. Today, we do have President's Cup action that is starting. A lot of these tea times are 11 a.m. my time, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. So let's talk through the first uh, bit of matches here. So you have Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. They're leading off for the States. First of all, the States are such massive favorites that if you actually go and look on Bet99 right now, the winning margin, it's minus 154 for them to win by seven or more points. Now, I think if you're going to, get some value here you probably go and hedge you bet on the four to six and the three to one to three points for the states just in case the international team gets some early results here um but overall at plus 245 and plus 370 i think you're better to do that than hoping that the u.s blows them out now as i posted on twitter last night this really is not a great international side when taylor pendrith's in the team and i'm a canadian and i love watching them play But when he's in your team, then you know that you don't have a great squad this year. A lot of that having to do with what's happening with Live Golf because you don't get the Cameron Smiths of the world and Yoki Neemans that decided to go play Live. Instead, now you're stuck with a guy like Taylor Pendrith, who, no offense, he's no Cameron Smith and likely never will be. So when we look at the first matches, we got Cantley and Shoffley. They're taking on Hideki Matsuyama and Adam Scott. To me, this is one that I fade, and it's only because, to me, this is the best team that the international team can put out. Matsuyama, the well, they're both former Masters winners, Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama. So at plus 165, the value is there for them to win that match, but I think it's more likely to be a draw than anything else. I'm also not going to be betting any draws. To be honest, if you went and bet all five matches on the draw, then you would get plus 600 on all of them. So all you need is one to hit. And you'd make some money. So that might be a thought if you're looking to make a little bit of money off these plays. And if you get multiple draws, then you're in an even better spot. But 
I do think that Masayama and Scott are going to put up a fight, but I just don't know if they'll have enough, so I'm staying away from the first match. The second one, you've got Spieth and Thomas taking on Corey Connors and Sungjae Im. I actually think that if the internationals are going to pick up points today, this is the match to do it. Everyone will probably bet JT and Spieth based off of previous uh, events that they've played together. But Connors, despite the miscut at the last week's event, he's played really great golf, as has Sungjae Im. I think that they're probably the two best players in form right now for this international side. So I like their upset at plus 149. It's not an official play, but it's one that I'll be playing personally. So I really like that second match. Third match of Morikawa and Young versus Kim and Lee. I'm definitely leaning Morikawa and Young here. Morikawa, he played well at the last team event that they had. But I do think that Cameron Young, he's a rookie, but he had a great season. I think this is a team that could surprise some people and could be a team that we see after they pick up the win at minus 134. Then they're paired together again for the second set of matches. Burns and Scheffler versus Davis and Kim. Man, this is just (laughs) Burns and Scheffler day. I've had a combined like seven wins on tour this year. They were incredible. Um, So at minus 164, it's a bit juiced, but I do think that this team should pull out the win. And then the one to cap it off, the one that's my favorite of the day, again, a little bit juice, but at minus 152, you got Homa and Finau taking on Pereira and Pendrith. I just don't think Pendrith should be there. Pereira, he hasn't played great golf since he had that bit of a meltdown at the PGA earlier in the year. And then you got Finau and Homa both have won in the last month and Finau's won a couple times in the last six weeks. So this is definitely the team for me to watch. Minus 152. As I talked about yesterday, Homa is the top American rookie at plus 420. Big reason why is because I think he's going to get plenty of these matches. While you've got Scheffler, who has to go out and take on Davis and Siwoo Kim, that's a much better team than what Homa gets to face today. And Homa does have great team vibes there, so I do love Homa at plus 420 as well. Now, early Nations League lines. A couple movements here. Belgium, they were minus 250. They're minus 240. Same with France. So you could go ahead and parlay both of those if you want for a teaser. But outside of that Nations League game, uh, there is a number of them on the slate here today. Now, I'm going to stay away from all of them but one. But uh, if you're looking for some other games, Kazakhstan, they're at home. They're plus 120 against Belarus. You got Latvia, who are minus 132. This would probably be one that I'll play personally versus Moldova. I do think that there's a big talent discrepancy there. You got Croatia plus 150 against Denmark at plus 200. That's one that I stay away from given the last set of matches. Denmark were phenomenal and you would think that Croatia would be able to go out and win, but that was not the case last time around. You got Andorra minus 106 on the road against Liechtenstein, staying away from that one. Poland plus 280 at home versus the Netherlands at minus 106. Now, I would tend to lean Netherlands here, but the fact that this is a road game, I would be a bit more concerned. Maybe play double chance on Poland at minus 125 if you're looking for a play to have there. Slovakia, they're minus 209 against Azerbaijan. And Turkey, minus 434 against Luxembourg. Uh, That uh, Turkey game that we're talking about, uh, when we talked about first half money line, it was minus 148. Now it's minus 155. So with that, let's get into today's hedge plays. There are plenty on the slate here today. No baseball leans. It's going to be all about uh, soccer and football and 
uh, college football as well. So let's start with tonight's Monday night or Thursday night football game between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. We're going to play Pittsburgh plus four versus Cleveland at minus 110. Now, don't freak out because I do think that Pittsburgh does have the opportunity to win this game, but I'd rather take the points here and play it a bit safe since it is one of these divisional games. And it, I wouldn't put it past Pittsburgh to get a lead and then end up blowing it late, but still covering the four points. So that's why I'm erring on the side of caution here. It's tough when you got Mitch Trubisky on the other side. I know some people believe in him, some don't. He just hasn't looked great out of the gate having the helm here in Pittsburgh, and he's got plenty of weapons. Najee Harris hadn't, hasn't got going either, so I would play his touchdown prop tonight just thinking that he eventually has to score. He's too quality of a back, and he gets too many touches to not get it. But I'm taking the points here. I think Pittsburgh's run defense, they could struggle a bit, but it is improved from last year. I think that if they're able to slow down Chubb and Hunt and they force Jacoby Brissett to win the game, then they're in a really good spot. I think it's 17-14 or 20-17. to Either way, I like Pittsburgh to cover it. I think this is a field goal game. Then you got Coastal Carolina. I'm taking them minus two versus Georgia State today. Now I'm expecting Coastal Carolina to go up early here. And I think if they do so, then they're in a really great spot to win. And a big reason why is Georgia State, they really focus in on the run game. And so if they fall behind, it's going to be tough to commit to that run game in order to get back into this matchup. And Coastal Carolina, they should be able to force enough mistakes by Georgia State as well to win the game even if they have a mediocre performance themselves. I just think that they're the far better side. Now, in 2020, this game was 51 nothing. There's no way that that's going to happen again here today. But I do think that I would take this spread all the way up to a near touchdown. That's how confident I am in Coastal Carolina. So take them at minus 110. Then Virginia Tech money line versus West Virginia today. And this one feels like maybe the wrong team is favored here, especially since Virginia Tech is the home team. Uh, what I do think that they're going to focus in on is stopping the run game of West Virginia, and they've got a great run defense. Uh, they're only giving up, I think, 42 yards a game. So this is a team that really commits to the run. As long as they don't get beat by some deep balls, then I think they're in a really good spot to win this one. And Grant Wells, he hasn't turned the ball over a lot recently, and so I think if he can just hang on to the ball, not do anything too crazy, then he's in a really good spot overall. And then the last play that we have today is Lithuania Moneyline versus the Faroe Islands at plus 116. This was one that we mentioned yesterday on the show as a lean, and we're going to play it as an official play. Now, you might think that we're absolutely crazy because they're 0-0-4 in the group to start, whereas Faroe Islands, they sit 1-1-2. But Lithuania, I do think that they just they had a tough go-round the last time out. I... Uh, Despite that Turkish result that they had where they lost 6 nothing, uh, they lost 2-1 to one to Faroe Islands on the road. The Luxembourg loss was a tough one as well. But I think that this is a team that they're going to pick up the win today at home because they need it. Um, Faroe Islands, they're basically battling it out with them for the bottom of this group. And uh, I really like the value here at plus 116 now is where it is at. Um, I'm going to play the Lithuania money line and hope to cash another plus play, much like we did with Scotland yesterday. So we appreciate everyone who tunes into our live show Monday through Friday mornings. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a packed day. We're going to have every, it feels like every sport tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have some CFL plays, some more college football, have our official NFL plays for the weekend as well. 
get those all out there and ready for a loaded weekend of sports. But we're getting closer to NBA coming back, NHL as well. I did an NHL fantasy draft last night. Don't know how it went, but we'll have to wait in a few weeks' time once NHL puck drop begins. And once we're back there, then we're going to feel a lot better because baseball is dead to us. So appreciate everyone, and we'll see you guys tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge podcast.